Welcome to It's Still Happening, the only podcast created to inspire and support women who are the first in their families to break generational patterns, raise the bar, and create the life you desire and deserve through ancestral healing. I'm your host, Ash Johns. I'm an author, guide, and creative. And what I know for sure is we all have generational debris and generational superpowers within us that impact who we are, how we show up, and the quality of our lives. It's my hope that you both clear and connect with yours, experience the transformation that naturally flows as a result, and step into your power and leadership as a creational woman modeling what's possible when we heal and grow from our roots. If you've always felt called to walk your own path in life and are ready to create a ripple effect in your world, you're in perfect company. And if you've been desiring to break barriers and know that the past, present, and future are always intertwined, you found this podcast in divine timing. This is your invitation to pull up a chair and get out your notebook as I teach lessons learned and insights emerging from walking my own path of freedom. I hope to inspire you to do the same. Let's get into today's episode. This is the first time I'm recording two episodes of the podcast in one week. And that might not seem like a big deal or like, who cares, Ash? But I I care about it because it tells me that I'm really relaxed. I'm really tuned in to this podcasting journey and how it's deepening and evolving for me. And that I'm no longer like holding back what I have to say and what I have to share and what I want to document in my life and in my business. I'm not holding back to be more strategic. Those of you know, I am a strategist by training. And so I love to see the big picture and connect the dots and go down into the depths and bring it back forward and all these things. And so sometimes I'll have like notebooks and notebooks and like voice notes upon voice notes and boxer messages to boxer messages of like ideas. And I'll just let them sit there until I know where I want to plug them in. And I've been shifting my approach to truly recording when I feel called, when the message really drops into my spirit. And also, even if I don't record it when it drops into my spirit, I do write like my little script slash bullet points, things to cover over an episode in my like podcast management system so that I can come back and record when it feels right. So all that to say this is delightful. And let me tell you, like, let's set the scene, like crawl into this with me. It is Monday afternoon. I really felt the call on today's topic around like 1.37 p.m. I started writing my notes around 1.43 p.m. And now it's 2.09 and I'm recording. So those of you who are listening and you think about, you know, starting a podcast or any project and you're like, what does it look like? And how do people do it? And you're trying to like research it to figure out other people's creative flow. I'm laying across my bed. (laughs) The sheets are all tangled around my ankles. I'm laying on my belly. I'm looking out the window at the forest. It's the first day of my bleed, if that's inspiring for you. And we're in this eclipse gate. And so what feels very real for me is just staying in my body, in present moment, in the energy field that I'm cultivating which is to be true to my heart and true to, yeah, this journey step-by-step, day-by-day, right? So as I said, we're in this eclipse portal, this gate. We've passed 
the new moon that was in Aries a few days ago, and we're coming up slowly to the full moon. So we've got another two weeks in this eclipse gate. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because even in last episode, I was talking about being in that in-between and how to navigate the in-between and manage your energy and clearing your energy when you're moving through a transitionary time in your life, in your business, in your body. I mean, when are we not in transition? But there are more potent moments, right? And to me, this eclipse portal is just, it's just not fucking around. (laughs) I feel it came in so strong and now it's in this, mm, I get the sensation of, a whirlpool like it's warm there's still activity but I've kind of surrendered to it and as a result I feel a juicy delicious promising activation that feels like something I can trust something that I've been longing for something that I may have been even resisting and trying to think my way through it instead of feeling and being myself through it And that's what today's episode is about, you know, navigating your energy and the experience of the in-between is what we talked about last episode, letting go, even though you haven't yet embodied something. And as I went deeper into that medicine and lived into that message's medicine even more, I was reminded of a conversation I had months ago that came back to the surface. And it kind of touched on the story that I even shared a little bit in last episode around the guy that's in the in-between as well and how he was feeling like just disconnected because in that conversation we were also talking about or I was sharing with him that a lot of us are really missing that marker of change or that line of delineation or that crossing over that's usually marked by a rite of passage right either from your community from your family from an achievement you know we're in an age now where we have to give our own rites of passages, our own ceremonies, our own titles. And I know there's a lot of people that have conversations and like feelings about self-initiating and all that kind of stuff. And there's layers to that. And that's true and dandy. But where we're going, it's a combination of the all. If you don't see and know who you are and choose to step into it and put yourself through the fire and the ringer, who else is going to initiate you? You know, like elders are leaving. Um, new elders are coming in, look young, but they're old, you know, these indigo kids are like rocking out. These Gen Z's are like, you know, fuck y'all noise. You millennials are weird. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've been thinking a lot about self-initiation and ritual. And so this particular episode on valuing the feminine is been on my heart for a long time, a long time. I am definitely talking about, I don't want there to be even any confusion at all. This episode, I'm talking about the masculine and feminine energy within and even without. And while some people are rolling their eyes and they're completely over this trend, quote unquote, um, or this topic and everyone who's like, I'm a goddess and I'm a feminine and polarity this and all that. I don't know if you guys are seeing that on social media, but I definitely have noticed it. And I've even seen it in spiritual groups and like women's groups where people are like, if someone comes to me, you know, kind of like making fun of it. But I just want to say that I was led into this expression of my work of understanding the masculine and the feminine energy within by the work that I do. You know, it was the ancestors and my own ancestors 
who led me to these understandings and yes, to some elders and some teachers to help support and bring contacts and understanding to this work from their lived experience and who passed on information and journeys to them. So, you know, not to knock anybody who's literally looking for feminine teachings and what is it to be a feminine woman and all that kind of stuff. And like, if that's your journey and you did it from a somatic perspective, like, great, I'm, I'm excited to share some things that I have learned and what I'm living and what I've been taught just through the energetics of healing with your ancestors through your lineage for your life and for your legacy. Hey, it's Ash. I just wanted to pop in really quick and share a sweet opportunity with you. If you're enjoying this episode of It's Still Happening So Far, I have a hunch you'll want the supporting materials I've specially created to complement today's topic and make this message real for you and in your life. I know there is a power in storytelling and podcasts do in fact save lives, but I also know it's so easy for information to come into our ears but not quite settle in our systems. It's always through a deeper personal inquiry, practice, and embodiment that takes inspiration and knowledge to the next level, the level of transformation that's unique to you and your path. That's why I created Access. It's a month-to-month inner circle community where I share meditations, prompts, tools, and exercises to help you work each episode of It's Still Happening for yourself and with my presence nearby. And when you join Access, you're getting more than just the exercises. You're stepping into initiating your next level of power and capacity in your freedom journey as a creational woman doing ancestral healing for herself, her family, and her future. I show up in this space to teach transmissions I don't offer anywhere else and answer your specific questions from the episode and in your life. Consider Access to be a living study and being hall for us, and it's only $18 a month. To join the Access community, visit ashleyjohns.com backslash access, or click the link in the show notes for immediate access. I can't wait to welcome you inside. Okay, back to this episode. See you soon. So the first thing I want to say is like, I remember this actually coming up last year in the Elevate cohort. There was a woman who was in the program who was highly accomplished. I think she even worked in like the science and tech field. And um, we were talking about her relationship to men and how she had this like knee jerk reaction to a man coming up to try to ask her on a date. And it was like this very angry, mean, hateful man, you know, hate men kind of response. And she was questioning herself like, God, why was I so mean to that man? Like he didn't do anything wrong. He was just coming to, you know, try to flirt with me, talk to me, ask me on a date. And I remember as we were starting to work with her and kind of unpack some questions and some inquiry to to till the land so we can go deeper into her lineage on why she is behaving this way to men. And by the way, she, she was single at the time. I have no idea now. But I remember her saying, as we were talking about feminine energy and protection and boundaries and openness and receiving and all these different concepts, She was like, oh, I'm feminine. You know, I dress to the nines and I wear heels and I have nice dresses and I always smell good and my nails are always done and my makeup on point and my hair this. And at that moment, I was like, ooh, at some point I'm going to have a whole container and process about this because the internet, the world, our lives, even our mothers and aunties and grandmas have taught us that it is the external presentation 
that determines if you're feminine or not. And that's just not true. You know, it's a misunderstanding that being feminine is what you do or how you dress and how you present yourself, because really that's only one aspect of it and a surface level aspect of that. There's also a misunderstanding that the masculine is tough and harsh and logical, but it's so much more than that. And so as I've sat with my own ancestors and exploring these things, really by just working my lineage, <laughs> sitting with the women of my lineage, sitting with the men of my lineage and seeing how they present themselves and what wounds and patterns and survival mechanisms have come up, but also seeing it with clients, you know, this isn't even about some codes and downloads and what does your lineage show you about your relationship to your feminine energy and your masculine energy that we all have regardless to your sex and your gender and any cultural and societal conformity this is facts like when we look in nature that is what this planet was created like we literally have the sun and the moon we literally have like god spewing into the void and created earth is what you know certain books say <laughs> So in ancestral healing work, my clients and I have encountered ancestors on the maternal line and these quote unquote women, and I'm going to only say women in brackets because some of the ancestors didn't identify as women, even though they were female and on the maternal lineage. All right. So all the things we're talking about, as far as how you identify in present sense, this is not new. Humans have had lots of different ways that they present themselves. And there's lots of reasons why that is. Whether you were born too spirited, the number of traumas and experiences you and your ancestors have had that has made us shift and evolve to be a certain way for protection or for ease or for access or whatever that might be. So I'm just going to say women in quotes, and we can go on from there. But they presented sometimes as men in their energy and as behavior, even though we were working on their mother's mother's line or their father's mother's line. And the same thing on the paternal lineages. I've personally worked on my father's father's lineage and my mother's father's lineage. And the quote unquote men, sometimes who were being trampled over because they were living and led by their feminine energy more than their masculine energy, even though we all have access and they have access to both. So the expression of these energies and their dominance in a person as we all know, I assume at this point, at least I do know this, it's on a spectrum, you know, and some of us are going to align more to one or the other. And in different aspects of our lives, the other energies are going to be more pronounced. So for example, I was watching something on Netflix today in my relaxation day. <laughs> And someone was talking about how sometimes the way that she mothers, she really feels a masculine aspect of her motherhood. And I was like, yeah, when you have to be fierce, when you have to be strong, when you have to do things to take care of another human and they are of the rightful age to receive that nurturing, nurturing isn't always soft. Like nurturing can be strong, hard, you know, extractive even if I want to use that language because a mother can be using her energy externalizing her energy in order to give that energy to her child so there's a lot that i want to say but i'm just going to get all this out and then we're going to go from there <laughs> i want to share with you a question and this question has helped me and my clients many of times as we were doing healing work in their life and it came down 
to balancing the energetics in their body, in their system, and in their lineage so that they can be in harmony with these energies and in harmony with the opposite sex and in harmony with same sex and same genders and opposite genders and all the things, right? So here's the question, and I'll put this inside of access too, just so you know. Is your expression of these energies, masculine energy, feminine energy, serving your path of freedom? How are they and how are they not? Another way to ask this is, is your expression of these energies keeping you in cycles of fear, protection, and ego? How or how not, right? Because something I've noticed is like this whole feminine movement. And again, I'm, I'm not going to be all like I'm anti-feminine movement. Like there's aspects of this. Y'all, if you don't know this now, I live in the nuance for sure. Like there's no doubt about that. But this woman's movement, this boss babe epidemic that's going across our culture, modern Western culture, where it is making you famous and it's growing your investment accounts and you're visible and you're seen as this and that. A lot of those women, because they have been, quite a few of them have been my personal friends and private clients. They have all the things externally and yet internally and in their real life and in their heart of hearts, they're unhappy and they're lonely. And even knowing people who are like on the track to be like the next Gabby Bernstein, you know what I mean? Like celebrating a marriage out on Instagram, but then secretively not telling people that she's separated and really struggling in her relationship with her husband, you know, or people that I know who are multimillionaires and have successful businesses and have been invited and been on the stages and have the two book deals and deeply wants to be in a relationship with a man and just cannot surrender or open or receive. And so I'm like, gosh, what I know for sure about this theme of 2023 is that we are in a time of great change, personal change, cultural and collective change, energetic change, spiritual change, right? Like paradigm changing. And that this is a time of seeking out balance. If you've noticed, at least I have, it seems like there are less arguments happening all over the internet. People are still saying what they have to say, but a lot of us are just like, I don't even have any energy to address it. Like, I said my piece, you said your piece, and we're done. Like, moving on. Just looking for that salve, that acceptance, that, yeah, the only word I can say is balance, you know? And there's a reason we have contrast, up and down, in and out, black and white, right? And that in the relationship of the two, we find the nuance, we find the gray, we find the opportunity, we birth something that is beautiful. And so I'm just looking at these trends of like, so many women saying that we're tired of being oppressed. And if more women have more money, then the world is better. And yet on the flip side of that, we're saying that we're exhausted and we're lonely and we're still unfulfilled. And this is work that I've been doing for a while. And I've been noticing this for a while and talking about it in various ways for a while now, but it just feels like it's so important to devote an entire episode to it. And there's going to be so many more because there's like, this is barely scratching the surface. And so it, it brought me to a conversation I was having a couple months ago, maybe three months ago, I was on a walk with my fiance and somehow we got on a conversation of him bringing up how 
when people are in successful relationships, no one knows. Like, they don't talk about that. And I think he was using LeBron James as an example, being like, he's been married a long time. His wife is amazing, you know, but she's not out in the limelight. And everyone just thinks about him and celebrates him. But we all know that, you know, she supports him. She inspires him. She holds him down, so on and so forth. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. You know, <laughs> same thing about like Marjorie. And I'm just going to use celebrities because it's easy, right? Marjorie and like Steve Harvey, where he was like, she is the woman who has helped me, blah, 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 and all the things. And I was like, well, I think it's so interesting that the masculine, in the sense it's the man presenting, is the one who is celebrated and put on the cover of the magazines and everyone's has their name in lights. But the feminine, in this case, the woman, the wife, is hidden and kept in the home and is just, you know, accessible to him. And then the other scenario is all of these major coaches or speakers or teachers or whoever famous women, they're all operating again off of the masculine. So even though they're women, or even though they're feminine or female, I should say, they're still operating from the masculine energy of doing, externalizing, pushing, selling, drawing attention. You know what I mean? All those like energetic ways of exerting energy. <laughs> I guess it's the only way I can, I can say it. So anyway, as we were, me and my fiance were having this conversation, he was like, yeah, I think it is interesting that there's not a lot of women that we can think of off the top of our head who is famous because of their femininity, right? Who is considered nurturing and soft and like, and has as big of a following as all of the people who are presenting in like power and do it and take action and, you know, all of these things. And I was like, yeah, why is the feminine not valued? You know, or the expression of valuing her or cherishing her really is not expressed in the same way that it's expressed in the masculine. And is that just the way that it is? Like, who created that? Why is it that way? And so I've been in that inquiry for a while. And it brought me back to something I used to feel before I got deeper into this work, again, via my lineages, my lineage work. And it was that I understood and I was told how masculine energy definitely wants to be respected and appreciated, right? And the feminine energy needs to be cherished and loved, like unconditionally loved. I was like, mm, respect and cherish. If I were to feel respected and cherished, would I be the most balanced version and creative version of myself? And I was like, yes, actually. If I boiled it all the way down, yes. If I respect myself and cherish myself, that is exactly what makes me feel the most abundant, the most open, the most magical, the most powerful. And a while ago, I would describe this as I want people to know me and appreciate my work, respect my work, and I also want to feel significant. I used to use the word significant a lot. It wasn't about being quote unquote powerful. It was about having importance, which really is about cherishing like I love this person I adore you know what I mean like there's a there's a sweetness to the word cherish that significant in these other adjacent words just don't capture which is why I was like oh cherish that's exactly it so as I've continued on my own ancestral and lineage healing embodying instead of digging for new information because at this point I feel like we have <laughs> journeyed through so many things in my lineages and I understand 
so many of the wounds and they've been elevated and like I'm definitely in a time in my life of being what my lineage has asked me to be, what I agreed to be when I came into and I decided to come into this family and do this work. And so I've come to a couple understandings that I want to share with you. I believe that we women don't really know what we want. Our actions are in opposition to what we say that we want. They literally don't match. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching, I do love the dating shows, but I don't watch all of them. I only watch like Love is Blind, Married at First Sight, and the Indian Matchmaker. So I'm watching the Indian Matchmaker because they had a new season come out. And there is, what was her name? Vimal, I think it was, or no, the guy she was with was Vimal. I can't remember her name. The cute little London girl had already been divorced. And in her profile with Seema Auntie from Mumbai, Seema from Mumbai, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I want someone who's emotionally mature and I want someone who is open. And I want someone who's all these things of us women saying we want our men to be. And then when Seema Auntie connects her with a guy who is being, he's like pursuing her. He likes her. He's like, I am in my masculine letting this woman know I want her. I am here to pursue her, to hold her, to protect her, to spend time with her, to get to know her, to cherish her. And then she's like, it's too much. I'm overwhelmed. I'm pushing him away. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. What is it in her lineage, which many of us have experienced, I know I have and still do sometimes, um, where we say we want something and then when it comes, we feel unsafe to have it. Especially when a man is genuinely showing up to give you his best and what he feels you need and he feels you need that based on what you told him you wanted and needed I'm like hmm this is a thing and it was also interesting how all of the women that she's matching in the show I resonate with them as many of us do any of us who grew up in single family homes or with hardworking women or being the first in our family to have good money and so all these girls have gone off to have these great degrees, have these great jobs, and now they're like, I can't find a partner. I'm like, wow, we're all doing this. This is like a global thing that the woman is becoming so independent and she loves what she's achieved and yet she's lonely. And again, there's a lot of nuance to this and we can talk a lot about that. And I know some of you are like, well, it's because of the men. We'll have plenty of episodes, trust me. Like, <laughs> But uh, just let this marinate, right? And even take note. Take note of what you're thinking as you hear me talk about this. Because I'm hearing all the things that I also want to say. And I'm just trying to stick to what we want to say here. But yeah, I've asked myself, why is the masculine celebrated externally or openly or on the stage more than the feminine as an experience? If you think about this, even from the coaching industry, everyone's like, okay, what's going to be the result? What is the steps? How many weeks am I going to do this? How long is my sessions? Like all of those questions are from a masculine perspective and wanting to be taught from a masculine perspective of structure. And we've all been indoctrinated as Western people into a masculine framework of educating and feeling safe structure. But if it's too much of that, going back to the question I asked you, there's no room for the journey, exploration, figuring out on your own, feeling into it, surprise and delight. That's why the feminine loves to be blindfolded. I don't know about you guys, but I love that. It's one of my favorite kinks, you know? Blindfold me, leave me somewhere, and surprise and delight me. Fuck yes. Also requires trust. Also requires openness. So this is why I keep coming back to like, 
we've been conditioned and we have been agreeing to and also celebrating for our own egoic and like conforming to capitalism and conforming to things that we say we're not going to conform to, but we're leaning to one of these energies more than we should. What does it look like to come into balance with our masculine and feminine energies so it can be restored in a way of balance in our lineages so that can be re reflected in our relationships and in how we live? You should rewind that back and listen to it again. It's also good to note that like I'm recording this at two o'clock in the afternoon. I have not been outside today. I've eaten two meals in bed. <laughs> I'm allowing myself to be taken care of. And that feels really good. Because what I don't see being talked about or demonstrated enough is actually the discomfort that comes when you stop doing and living only from your masculine channel. And I'm actually talking about myself right now. While I've done incredible work, it was doing incredible work. <laughs> right? Mm. I have been offline. I've been just recording as I feel. I've been writing as I feel. I've been laying in this bed, being taken care of and like creating, but it's not from a space of doing and efforting and pushing and working the way that I had been in my business. And to finish that thought off, sorry, it's a little bit disjointed here. And it's because I'm like looking out the window and feeling into what I'm saying. <laughs> But like, it was very uncomfortable for me to actually lay in bed and be taken care of all day. And really the last four or five months, <laughs> I've been like thrashing and like wrestling with this and being like, um, okay, when I change my business or when I want to emerge, things will be different. I'm going to go back to how I was working. And I'm like, you're actually never going to go back. Like it was time for me to transition and I'm still transitioning, but it was time for this. There's something happening. But I will describe this. There is a confusion, but joy that comes from not being visible and creating in the void, in the quiet, instead of on the Instagram and pushing in the emails and teaching and telling and doing the marketing and managing the team and all this doing, 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 doing. I was like, wow, can my business thrive even more just as or even more than it did if I'm more in my feminine energy than my masculine? What would it look like for me to have this global empire and this healing business and to share my wisdom and my stories of my life in a different way? There's a trust that's being cultivated that although money and lifestyle are completely different right now than what it was before, but it will return and be even greater and better. And I know that. So there's a trust that's being cultivated in me being willing to experiment with this and surrender into this and open to this. And I knew this was going to come, but I just didn't know what it was going to feel like. Again, to come back to my Indian matchmaker reference, you know, we can say that we want something. And then when it comes up, what happens? Because here's the truth. When it comes up, that's when you start living it. Like that's when you actually start doing the work. It's not when you're talking about your fears. It's not what you're talking about when you desire. It's not when you're saying I'm ready for and I just want to call in. It's when it starts happening and you have to choose. 
do I open to this? Am I going to be intimate with this? Am I going to learn through this? Am I going to overcome through this? Am I going to transcend this? Am I going to actually find the trap door of healing and freedom in this? Or am I going to succumb to my personal and ancestral patterns and justify them through my ego? Again, as I witness my own thrashing and wrestling with this, of learning how to value my own feminine in a different way than I ever have before, I'm drawn to how often we women long for something and then when it comes, we criticize it, we push it away, we shit on it, we squirm away from it, if we even recognize it at all. Because I've also had clients who did that, where I'm like, wait, isn't this exactly what you said you wanted? And I show them with the receipts and they're like, oh shit, Ash. And I'm like, yeah, girl, now we get to do the work. <laughs> so this not valuing the feminine, the feminine within the feminine of the earth, the feminine in her expression, the feminine in experience, right? I can't tell you the number of you guys who are like, oh my God, I'm so excited to work with you. I trust you. This is great. And like, I've heard so many great things about you. And then when we start working together, you're like trying to control the whole experience. And I'm like, are you going to trust me or are you not? Because I'm definitely not in the business of wrestling with you. <laughs> but that's part of the healing. That's part of the healing. This feels complete for now. I just want to drop this and let's see how it marinates. Valuing the feminine, what healing the imbalance of my energies is doing in my life. It's definitely having me slow down and seeing the whole of the woman that I am. And I'll tell you what I feel like. When I feel inspired and empowered in this journey, it feels like I have so many more tools and expressions and power in my living, like who I am. It's not just two-dimensional. Either I'm relaxing and creating and sweet and not a care in the world, or I'm doing, doing, doing. Like I'm not ping-ponging between two different expressions of my existence. I have a whole spectrum, and I know when and how under what circumstances feels right to me. I'll drop this last gem and then we're going to end this episode, y'all. A lot of things that people are talking about feminine and masculine energy of what to do, it's still coming from the mental masculine plane. Do this, don't say this, use this script, notice this, da 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 da, da. No. When you're fully embodied and balanced in both of these energies, you are so present and you're living and you're making the decisions of how you choose to show up and how you communicate and how you feel and how you move based on the truth of the moment from your heart and in the situation. So you can't look at someone else's life and say, oh, well, she did this and she said this to get him or to have that or to close this deal or to create this opportunity because the energy underneath it doesn't match. It's the energy that then creates the right action for your path and for your life. I think this is why I had to stop doing podcast interviews that were so flat, just like, tell me what to do and give us some advice. And can you give a, a ritual? And how do I start to talk to my ancestors? I was like, I don't give a fuck about this. I want you to be so tuned in to your life and your lineage and transforming the energy that you are a part of and that you've agreed to be a catalyst of change and transformation for that is an intimate journey no one can tell you that but i can guide you and i can certainly inspire you 
and I'll certainly continue to share my own stories. All right. I hope you enjoyed this one. It definitely just flowed straight from my heart. Ziggy is now underneath the cover. He's cuddling with me. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this day, and I hope you're moving through this eclipse in the best way that you know how. I'm sending you lots of love. That's a wrap for this episode of It's Still Happening. Thank you for listening in and being a part of my journey. It means so much to me. Here's what's next. I'd love to know what you got out of this episode, so leave a review about it before you go. And afterwards, make sure that you rate, subscribe if you aren't already, and share this podcast on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Ash Inspires. And if you'd like to connect on a deeper level, check out my website and hop on my email list. All the links you need are in the show notes. Until next time, may you continue walking your unique path of freedom with conviction, courage, and compassion. I'm sending you love wherever you are.